0: All right, so we can start at five, four, three, two, one. You know what?
1: We usually edit out the countdown, but this time we're going to leave it in because this movie is about rocketeering and the race to the moon. We're talking about Apollo 10 and a half, the latest film from Richard Linklater, which is on Netflix. It is rotoscope animated like two of his previous films, Waking Life and A Scanner Darkly. I interviewed Richard Linklater or Rick Lick letter, as he prefers to be called, uh, for the Movie Maker podcast, which you can check out. Now we're going to talk about my co-hosts, Aaron Lenton and Keith Denny. Uh, I'm Tim Malloy. I have no idea what these guys are going to say. Um, as Aaron put it before we started recording, where do you begin with this one? So, Aaron, where do you begin with this one?
2: Yeah, you know, we I've had two minutes to think about it since then. I'm still not sure. Um, it's an It's a really interesting movie i'm not sure if i'm really familiar with uh mr Linklater's previous work i feel like i must have bumped into some of it previously but it this it's it's like i don't know i didn't have expectations coming in um about like what the movie would be so it succeeds at a lot of what it wants to do um and it's like funny because at first i was like oh we're gonna go like on this narrative journey I was like oh but it's, it's not that and then like oh but it is though i was like oh this is interesting and they set up everything early by showing kind of how the main character is a um i forgot what word he chose to use but he's a very expressive and imaginative young man um and he'll you know take a story and make it go way past where it's supposed to and people could call it bs but he'll keep it going anyway And I didn't realize that was going to be set up for the rest of the film to some degree, as far as like his perspective and like how he would um, take in this historic event with uh, the Apollo mission going to the moon. But I don't know, it was really interesting. Uh, There's a ton to say. um, And, you know, I definitely think this is a rare production in media that you see that is actually geared to people in their 50s and older like normally most of the stuff that has this amount of budget behind this stuff like they're really going to center it towards audiences that are, audiences that are much younger but i think that's one thing that's really cool like depending on where you are and what you've experienced in your life before this movie is going to hit differently anyway just off that alone so i don't know It's just really interesting though
1: yeah and in terms of his crazy imagination for anybody who hasn't seen this it's about a little boy named stan he's about nine years old in 1969 as NASA is about to send men to the moon, uh, they recruit him and say, we need you to go to the moon first because we accidentally made everything the wrong size and we need a child to go up and do kind of a dry run of the Apollo 11 mission. So that's the uh, active imagination part. Keith, would you
0: yeah. mm-hmm. um, I don't know, I have a few thoughts about the film. I mean, oh wow, it's a very, I don't know how to put this in words, it's a very American film. Like I was just um listening to a screenwriter talk about how it seems like now a lot of modern day filmmakers they don't really make those type of um movies that you would uh, like recognize as like this is an American film because they're trying to make movies that reach like these bigger um international audiences and stuff. And I think a lot of what, what goes on in this movie is more specific to america or i guess this idea of what it is you it's, know, it's very you know. Amer- americana right exactly it definitely has that feel like um ra- rather you grew up in that time period or not there are certain things that i can understand that certain people might relate to um and especially if you say like people who are now i guess in their 50s or even 60s now who who grew up and actually experienced all of these things um like the the space race and Vietnam and so on and so forth, this is probably like extremely nostalgic to them. But I so um Link Later, I, I hope I'm saying his name right. I remember one, one movie that he made that was very impactful to me is boyhood. Yeah. And I think that is probably one of the most remarkable um feats in filmmaking that you will ever see. And I don't know, Aaron, if you're familiar with it, but it's a movie that he he produced, he directed over a course of um was it fifteen years, Tim?
1: I think it was twelve years, yeah.
0: Yeah, it was some like it was some ridiculous where you had the boy when he was actually a little kid all the way up until um adulthood. It's a great movie though, um, and there's. And, and, it, and it has a lot of feeling to it like um and feeling and emotion and i also feel the same way with um this film here with apollo 10. my biggest thing though about this movie is that i can't really it's one of those films where i can't really explain to someone what it's really about like what is the premise of this film like we we it has a lot of emotion behind it but it in a way, it doesn't have much. I guess plot. In a sense, well, there's not a lot of the narrative structure
2: is such that you have to be able to um, kind of feel the jumps. Because really, it's like, okay, is is the story about a boy and his family? Is it about him and his imagination, and or is it even more just about like how this amazing? moment in human history um like just showing how not just in America but specifically in this town um that you know has NASA there and and like how that just like that moment impacts symbiotically like everybody everyone's into the the moon landing and and you know I mean like no matter where you at like that is how life is like you can't get through commercials without it throughout without your TV shows everything you know, and everybody like it, it's it's like a I mean, of course, they didn't have Twitter, but they didn't need that. Like everybody was kind of single minded in a way that's different today. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, I think a lot of it's about telling a story about that moment and what it meant to people in this country, how it impacted them um, and also just kind of how people were living back then. You know, a lot of it's just like, you know, child rearing. And how they happen not to kill each other or right. kids would play these really rough physical games. And then you kept playing it to somebody had a bone that poked out their skin, or, you know, or
0: washing your feet with gasoline.
2: Yeah. And not, and not thinking another thing of it, like whatever. Um, right. or, the, or how people even talking conspiracies back then with JFK. That's always been a huge conspiracy. It didn't hey. take social media.
0: I, I guess i guess my biggest thing is that it felt in certain elements of it it felt more like a documentary than the actual film yes like but i mean uh-huh. when, when i mean film a documentary of course is a film but i'm saying like a, more of a, a fiction type of film it just mm-hmm. goes from mm-hmm. one narrative to another to another and i and i feel it like i feel the emotion behind it i i actually like the protagonists a lot i like all the characters in the film just because they're likable but there's not a a i guess i'm always looking for like what is the motivation what is the conflict yeah and there's nothing like that in this Mm -hmm. yeah i think and i think it's it's weird to me like and and i don't usually read like reviews and stuff for films but it's Mm -hmm. it's rated pretty high for a movie that i feel and maybe i'm missing something that does not have an actual premise motivation or conflict (laughs) <laughs> I, I don't know that that's what the movie is seeking to do like yeah but what it, I, I guess i'm saying like what great story doesn't have that though like what what is the point like what was the point of me watching the movie well but that's what i'm like, saying so over it's, watching it's the not, documentary the, the movie about that time period is active
2: it's choosing not to give that to you because that's not the kind of story this is this is just almost like it's a, it's an opportunity to see parts of the imagination of this boy but like i said i almost feel like it it is the subject at the end of the day is the town at a macro level and then the the on, on a, uh you know on a small level more focus is the family but I, I think it's not really seeking to do the general here's a problem we're going to resolve this problem a character has a motivation now they hit that thing and the motivation the, the close thing we get to that is the boy who is near nasa knows enough to like kind of know what it would take to do all this different training and stuff and imagines himself in this situation being able to do his part as, as they keep talking about everybody doing their part to make the moon landing possible like him kind of wanting to be a part of that. Like, you know, like everything in this film to some degree is like, when you're talking about character motivation and what they're doing, this and that is like, it's, you know, it's all centered around different parts of American culture, but at the end of the day, they all can come and, and share that moment and, and care about it and really have an impact them. Yeah.
1: It's great that you say that it doesn't really have a plot because he gets that criticism all the time. And at the end of the interview with Linklater that I did, Again, that people can check out at Movie Maker, Movie Maker Podcast. Um, He says that whenever you see a summary of his movies, you always go, well, what's that movie about? Or like, what's the point of that? I don't don't get it. And if you look at like Slacker, which is like his breakthrough, if you look at Dazed and Confused, which is one of my favorite movies ever, even Boyhood, Before Sunset, Before Sunrise, all of the before trilogy, um, they all kind of have that knock on them of just it's just people talking and you're just kind of hanging out with them. And I talk on here all the time about the Quentin Tarantino quote about movies that are good hangs.
0: Good, good hangs, yeah.
1: Yeah. And that originated in a, a 2002 Sight and Sound interview. Uh, not interview, I'm sorry. A, a 2002 Sight and Sound survey where Tarantino listed Days to Confuse as one of his favorite movies ever. And he said mm-hmm. that it's because it's such a good hang and how difficult it is to do a hang. And when I was talking to Link later, he said that this movie is kind of like half to two thirds hang and it's Hang with just his family. It's just hanging out with like a 19, late 1960s Texas, you know, mixed marriage. I mean like blended family, um, suburban family. And uh, I don't know. I feel like the whole thing with the kid is almost like making fun of movies that have plots because the, the mm-hmm. plot with the kid going to space is so ludicrous and deliberately ludicrous i feel like he's just mm-hmm. kind of using that as like a spine and a narrative device to pull it all together but it really is just like you're gonna hang out with my family now
0: yeah mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. i don't know i like you can do a documentary where they walk you through all of it and say these are the games that people played and these are the shows that they watched or you can just totally immerse people in what it was like to be in their living room and i just kind of got intoxicated in it um Cause I'm like a little too old for that stuff, but like, I'm old enough. Like I was born in 75 that I can yeah. remember like being in those living rooms that had like that dusty feel on like the old TV and like not too many channels
0: mm-hmm.
1: and like the old board games and all that stuff. I felt like I kind of got like the hand-me-downs from Richard Linklater's family.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. Like, yeah. The- my, like he's like the age of my uncles.
0: Oh yeah. I could see that. So I don't know. And, I, and it it was certain things too that I um like because cause ultimately I do like the movie, but my thing is that I don't know why I like the movie. <laughs> because like I said, it <laughs> doesn't necessarily have a plot, but there is a certain feeling and emotion behind this film, right? Yeah. And I and I and I, I agree with you like with movies being a good hang, because there was another movie we had talked about a while ago that was a real good hang. I can't remember what it was. Um yeah, I forget too. What was the film? It was kind of like a short film. It was part of that um where that um where they was at that um, Jamaican thing. Oh, it was like a party, it was kind of like a little love story. Oh, that movie was awesome. The um, oh my god. It was part of a series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How can that I wasn't? That... It was Steve, Steve Oh, 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 Steve
2: McQueen. Did. Steve McQueen's thing. Um what was that movie called? It was like on, a, my a seven um, minutes
1: long.
0: I can't okay. remember, but I need to finish watching. We got, we got to series. look it at that. We got to look it up. But we, yeah, we were yeah, talking yeah. about how much of a good hang that was. But there was still some type of plot. There was still some type of thing going on, you know? Yeah. Um, and there was still like plenty of conflict that was going on. But there was also like this good hang part of it. Well, you know what this movie reminded me though, too? Like, it was a. For one, it did make me think about boyhood in a way. Boyhood, I think, is more connected to like. I guess more of the millennial age range, like a I would I don't know if it was around like me and Aaron's age or a little bit younger, but I re- I felt like I related to that film in certain ways. But it also kind of reminded me of um Forrest Gump, where like so me, me and my uncle had this debate. And I think I'm I'm sure other people talk about this too, how all the stuff that happens in Forrest Gump actually doesn't happen to force these are things that he's just imagining in his head from seeing things on tv you know rather it's um but because because he was like he couldn't possibly have done all that and i was like but that's the whole point of the movie is that this guy did all these things in his lifetime right so we we've been back and forth with that before but um this film reminds me a little bit of that um except for the fact that i think Cause Forrest Gump also ha- has that type of feel like you're going back in some type of time capsule in a sense. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But once again, the, the difference, and I also think that Forrest Gump is a good hang I could watch, I could watch it anytime it comes on TV. Yeah. But, but I think the difference is that there is like this continuous, like um, this story in the plot and we kind of know in a sense who Forrest is and, and, and what he wants as far as you know being with jenny his relationship with his mother like all these things we kind of get an understanding with but this one you know like like we saying we're kind of just hanging out with the family now where i did see like an opening for something was when he um lied about at school during the short or tell about like his his dad's job or whatever yeah he kind of think that What his dad does is a little bit um, insignificant in the grand scheme of things, as far as um, because he feels like he should, you know, be something cool like an astronaut or whatever. And and I felt like I don't know that towards the end, I guess I would have liked him to kind of realize that like that his dad's job was important, you know, because maybe this is why there are several
2: tiny missed opportunities
0: like this, right. And
2: and I don't know, and that's the thing, like the movie really more so than telling a story in the way we're used to is really just almost, I feel like that's what I just call it a missed opportunity, is really just the movie going, yeah, actually we're just doing it as if like it just happened the way it happened rather than the perfect moment to tell the children this or to connect this with this sometimes you get that moment but oftentimes the moment kind of passes and you're like oh well I could have done it but it's too late now
1: well I have this thing about Linklater and Chekhov's gun where I feel like he knows the whole Chekhov's gun rule of you introduce the gun the gun has to go off um Mm -hmm. just the way it is he's constantly introducing sometimes literal guns and having them not go off like in boyhood he goes and visits his grandparents and they go shooting and like You know, I'm watching with like a liberal L.A. audience and we're all kind of like, oh, no, here comes the lesson. Like he went and shot guns and things are going to go bad. Nothing bad happens. Everything's fine. There's Mm -hmm. another scene in Boyhood where they're hanging out at a construction site with like some older guys. And the older guys are kind of like not bullying them, but like light bullying them. It's like, oh, no, this is going to go bad. No, nothing bad happens. (laughs) There's all these moments in days and confused where it's like this could get really dark. Nope. And then in this movie, there's the part with the fireworks where I'm like, oh, no, someone's going to get their hands blown off. Nope. He just constantly introduces these possible conflicts and it doesn't do anything with them where it feels like almost a commentary on movies where, you know, you're enjoying the movie and then two thirds of the way and you're like, well, not that much has happened. I guess this couple is going to break up now for some weird, fake reason or, you know, this person's. Um, mother is going to get sick or we must
2: have a climax at (laughs) this point in the film
1: (laughs) no matter how fake it is yeah, uh, or forced and he just refuses to do that stuff and I just I I find it like very confident and kind of um, kind of loving that he doesn't do that to us where he's just like look I'm just trusting you guys to enjoy my movie I'm not going to like force down your throat If you don't like it, that's fine. If you do like it, even better. But I feel like with Linklater's movies, I watch. I guess when I know that there's no climax coming and that tension is gone, I kind of enjoy them more in like the second and third and fourth rewatch because I've seen Days and Confused a hundred billion times. Um, (laughs) And the the thing is just really like, is Randall Pink Floyd going to sign a contract promising not to do drugs while he's on the football team? Like that's kind of the that's kind of the point of that movie, and. Do huh? you care that much if he signs it? It's
2: like, yeah. yeah. Not
1: really. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I
2: see what you mean. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like not what we're there for, you know.
1: But it's a, you need a plot, you need something, but you mostly just want to like get to know these people and get immersed in their world. And I think his movies are definitely like because they don't have that like firm thing that happens, you can dismiss them really easily, where it's like well what is days of confused it's just like a light-hearted movie a bunch of like stone kids hanging out and like what is this movie it's just this kid and his family and it doesn't really matter but then he like sneaks in this stuff like the moon landing is happening in the background and this whole conflict between hippies and squares and this whole like social we we talked a little bit about gil scott heron and why he's on the moon um when it was featured in God, what was that show?
2: Uh, uh, come country. on, here You can do this. Love, it was, they love, love Cry country. country. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, like, that's a brilliant piece of social commentary. Like, there's not enough, you know, food and resources here on Earth and Whitey's on the moon. And they kind of address it in this, too, where they just have people on TV going, why go to space? Like, you're not taking care of any of the social issues in the United States right now. And everybody just kind of watches that on TV and goes, huh. But he never resolves it really, which is mm-hmm. just an interesting choice, especially now.
2: Well, I mean, but those things of I feel like deliberate choices, though. I yeah. do feel like those things, especially like bringing up the JFK conspiracy yeah. theories. Like there, there are things that are definitely brought up with um you know intent, let's say. Yeah. Um so I'm I'm all for that. I really think you know the, the thing that, that is kind of interesting, though, like I, I'm curious about how somebody who doesn't know much of that era, like how they will be receptive to the film. I don't really know. Um, and now here's the funny thing about this. Um, part of me, because there's certain things that come up in a movie and it's like, clearly you have a different narrative. If like you did the exact same thing, but you did it with like a different culture. This would yeah. happen with anything in particular. But it was like. I do wonder how people who, who are not familiar with all those TV shows, all the music, stuff like that, like how, like we, if you take out the nostalgia bomb, how it works. Um,
1: yeah. I don't have a nostalgia bomb for anything in there except for Batman really.
2: Um, well, I mean, but I do just because when I was uh, growing up, all those shows were on Nick at night or, you know, some other, local channel you could watch Andy Griffith or Gilligan's Island or you know any number of the shows that they mentioned um yeah. so and of course like because the shows are pretty good you know my grandparents would have it on all the time my parents will put it on all the time cuz they're just pretty good shows um so why not just and, and things you don't have to worry about nothing risque happening in the show. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you can just throw it on and just be like, all right, if the kids like it, good. I can just walk off for the next, you know, 20, 30 minutes. <laughs> so, yeah, that that was streaming back to you, basically.
1: My par- I, I have such a, like, strong, strong association of watching the old Batman show in my grandparents' basement and it's just like hitting me now my mom is about to sell my grandfather's house because he died a few months ago and, i'm sorry like, about that i feel like yeah but i feel like it's like a it, it kind of just hit me talking about it just now that like that is over like that 19th yeah. that basement is going to get refinished and it's not going to be like my 95 year old grandfather had it like mm-hmm. or it hadn't changed at all since the 60s
2: yeah that's what i mean i mean like if if you know that it's gonna it's gonna have a totally different meaning in a lot of ways and i think that's really you know in some ways you know some people go look back look at that as a weakness but i think you know for the people who really have it i mean it's a definite strength in the same way like we'll look at movies like power of the dog and be like damn they feel like we're, we're back in that moment just yeah. because of how well put together the settings and the costuming and that accents and all that like it, it makes it feel very believable um and for the people who are like i said experiencing that like you have been in in you know uh living rooms and bedrooms and all these other things they look just like that been in people's cars like that so on and so forth so like it, it's just gonna hit different like yeah you know um Funny enough, I I um so my wife's grandfather passed away a couple months ago. Maybe i forgot we both heard right. that happen. And um, you know, he would have loved this. Um, you know, he's he had hit um his late 70s, and you know, um definitely would have remembered. I mean, even stuff like the jello mold those uh, <laughs> things that they were bring up, you know, it's like those are deep cuts. But you know, like if if you of that era like that's that's got to be like wow like somebody made something for us that's crazy you know because they don't they don't get anything right now jello
1: was such a big part of being a kid for me
2: <laughs> yo know i'm saying though like e- even back then shoot i mean jello was still the thing uh you know late 80s so. oh man that's funny
1: yeah J- jello and alphabet soup alphabet soup like man Oh, do... the other thing
2: I thought was really cool was the uh, showing again. Because I think people forget this about the uh, drive-through movie theater. Oh yeah! Oh my and god! The whole experience, like it's just really cool.
1: Yeah, yeah,
2: that was. And then, oh my god, the way the dad was cheap in all these different ways, like how he had the kids hired. that he's like, oh yeah, they them in the back, they they're under twelve, whatever he said. So it's he's like, so six dollars. Yeah, you're damn right it is. And then they go through and like everybody's like. Come away from under blankets and all. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I understand that. But also, man, when I see stuff like this, and you know, like they make it out, like put six kids you're making these sandwiches, you're freezing them, they don't, da, da 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 And I'm just like, yo, how do people do this? Like, we got two, and I'm like, we're done. We are absolutely finished. And
1: <laughs> they have frozen sandwiches. Like, the, we would take the sandwich bag and then put the sandwiches back in the bag and put that in the freezer. And then you take your sandwich to school. And then the next day, it was hopefully thawed out by noon. Yeah, not you had like a little bit of ice in your sandwich.
2: Me putting this sandwich, I have my sandwich every day, and and, you know, sun beaming on it. (laughs) I ain't taking no chances. This needs to thaw for three hours. Natural energy.
1: I had three brothers, so it wasn't even close. It wasn't like it wasn't six, but that was ridiculous enough. Exactly.
2: I, I don't know. How people do more than two? I just don't. I don't see y'all are, are, are like heroes of the earth. Like they're you know, totally like heroes. That? Yeah, and not man. Like two is a lot. Jeez. Yeah. Well, anything else to to add about the the film, gentlemen? Hmm.
0: No, I, I do want to yeah. say that the the art style is dope. Yeah, the art style is dope. It um, it reminded because uh, he did a a scanner darkly, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, what was the show we watched? Un- was it Unbound? Unbound? Oh yeah, the one with Odenkirk. Yeah, that one was pretty. Is good. that what it's called? It was one. It was I, I know what you're it's the Amazon show. Um, yeah, it was. It also I really had that are, they, are they doing a season like, two of that? Because I'd watch it. Yeah. That was um, awesome. it was I think. Dope. I'm not completely sure.
2: I, I gotta look it up again, but that was a really good show. I would say promoted more because it was like super solid. That should have won some awards. I, I didn't I don't remember the award season, but I don't know if they got
0: anything that year. Yeah. Anyway. And I can't remember the name of it. We're gonna have to figure that out because that's no, no,
2: that's too good to not remember shooting. Season two came out. I don't care it was a couple months ago. We had to go back there. Right. Uh,
1: I thought I had a classic low-key pick with this show, with this movie, because had like the link later stuff that i he's like one of my favorite directors ever and then yeah. had animation and every time you guys come up with an animation thing i'm like oh animation i don't know oh uh. <laughs> like oh we're gonna combine we're gonna combine the two worlds. you could
2: combine forces <laughs>
1: Except, <laughs> oh. uh, invincible is like the fucking best thing ever so you know that's an obvious hit with animation
0: mm-hmm. yeah it's called undone by the way that's right. there we go is season mm-hmm. two out um no no but um, but yeah, back to what you were saying. Yeah, Invincible was pretty good. Um, so sometimes we suggest good animated stuff. I guess I, I'm still shocked you liked Invincible, but that's nice. Who um, Tim. Tim? Oh, dude, I
1: loved Invincible. Invincible's cool. I love yeah. Invincible. I I have like some. I don't know what my bias is against animation. Like, I just have to get over it,
2: honestly. Because they tore down their wall for him with, a, with all that that maturity. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I don't know what it is because another thing I talked to Linklater about cartoons are such a giant part of being born in like the '70s and '80s and '60s too, because, but, like you said, they're on all the time and you see the same things again and again. And it's like Scooby Doo and like bizarre guests. It's like Scooby Doo and Kiss.
2: You know, like Batman that. and uh, Ninja Turtles got a
0: movie together. Did they? Yeah, I read. It's I read it good. the comic. The comics. The comics. The comic straight. Yeah, they they also got um um Ninja Turtles and the Ghostbusters. That's a good series too. That's a good one. Wow. Mm-hmm. Dang, all right, I gotta check that. I out. haven't I haven't finished it, but I read some of it. Um, but yeah, I, I know what you're talking about, Tim. Like I remember as a kid, like you have like Scooby Doo with all these different other people you teaming up with. <laughs> uh, Scooby Doo and and uh, Jabberjaws used to have like different. People. Oh yeah. Or or it'd be oh, Jabba man. Giles and Joseph. All and the hanna
2: Barbera stuff, like you had a chance for the folks to interlope. I don't think they ever did Scooby and Yogi or nothing. No, that would have been Yo, Have
0: y'all seen the hanna Barbera um comics that I think that I think Image has been doing lately?
2: Okay, what about them?
0: They like super dope. Like they got the Flint, the Flintstone series is so good.
2: Oh like yeah, no, nah, the IDW, um I I'm I'm all about what they do man i'll take a risk anytime with, with, the, with their people um
0: yeah comic, comic book
2: stuff we we can take you far on that um so if you got this far we appreciate it we'd like for you to recommend the show to a friend if you got this far you obviously really like it uh leave us a review uh keith the social where can they find us
0: you can find us on instagram at the lowkey pod
2: Perfect. Tim, anything else to uh, plug? Of course, you have an interview with the director on Movie Maker.
1: Oh, did I did I mention that? I forgot.
2: You, you have know. not mentioned uh, it, but it is. Up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's on the Movie Maker podcast. It's on moviemaker.com uh It's in the latest issue of Movie Maker magazine. I love Richard Linklater's stuff. I just love it.
2: Yeah, you can, man, it if, if you couldn't tell Tim loved it, you'd know after reading that article. <laughs> It's pretty, pretty, pretty dope though. Um, so all right, well, with that, uh, we will be back next week with something else pretty clean. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff out right now, It's just like hard to pick which thing to watch. I mean, it's a billion things out, but some good content. Atlanta's getting really weird in season three. I don't know if you guys have been looking at all, um, but very hard to watch so far. We I just started
1: talk Atlanta. So
2: yeah let's see let's see maybe get a few more episodes in but it's it's trying some stuff it, it's weird <laughs> but uh all right we'll catch up with y'all next week
0: right, peace peace, peace.